Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Tuesday, August 8th, 2023. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, hackers access the UK Electoral Commission, so how worried should we be? Apple, Samsung, and others can't wait to buy ARM stock. OpenAI explains how its bot is crawling the web. More details on the new M3 chips Apple is currently testing. And Apple Music finally edges closer to the one thing Spotify still does so much better than anyone else. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. The UK Electoral Commission is reporting a hack by what it is calling hostile actors, which began in August of 2021 and wasn't identified until October 2022. The full scope of the hack isn't conclusively known, and, you know, I've mentioned many times the high bar I have for sharing hacking stories with you, but, you know, hacking of an electoral system definitely clears that bar, quoting The Guardian. The Electoral Commission revealed it had been hacked, but was, quote, not able to know conclusively what information had been accessed and said it apologized to people whose information was accessible to the hackers. It said, however, that the largely paper-based process of elections meant it would be very hard for hackers to influence the outcome of a vote. The incident was identified in October 2022, but attackers first accessed the commission systems in August 2021. The commission's chief executive, Sean McNally, said the UK's democratic process is significantly dispersed and key aspects of it remain based on paper documentation and counting. This means it would be very hard to use a cyber attack to influence the process. Nevertheless, the successful attack on the Electoral Commission highlights that organizations involved in elections remain a target and need to remain vigilant to the risks to processes around our elections, end quote. The attackers were able to access reference copies of the electoral registers held by the Commission for Research Purposes and to enable permissibility checks on political donations. The registers held at the time of the cyber attack include the names and addresses of anyone in the UK who is registered to vote between 2014 and 2022 and the names of those registered as overseas voters. The registers did not include the details of those registered anonymously. The Commission's email system was also accessible during the attack. McNally said, quote, We regret that sufficient protections were not in place to prevent this cyber attack. Since identifying it, we have taken significant steps with the support of specialists to improve the security, resilience, and reliability of our IT systems, end quote. This is interesting. Nikkei Asia is reporting that Apple, Samsung, NVIDIA, and Intel all plan to invest in ARM's upcoming IPO as soon as shares are listed in September. SoftBank, you might remember, owns 75% of ARM right now, and the Vision Fund, 25%. But clearly, for strategic reasons, all these huge players feel like they need to own a piece as well. Quote, ARM's share flotation is slated for mid to late September. The company is sounding out investor demand and hopes that ARM's corporate value will rise further. The chip designer's valuation has doubled since SoftBank Group bought the company for £24 billion, or $31 billion at the time, in 2016. The Vision Fund will sell 10 to 15% of its ARM shares on the open market. ARM plans to welcome the big chip makers as medium to long-term shareholders, selling them stakes for a few percent each. This is meant to stabilize the stock price at the time of the listing. ARM is a critical player in the global semiconductor industry. U.S. chipmaker NVIDIA previously proposed a takeover of the U.K. chip designer. By holding ARM's shares, chipmakers will hope to have sway over ARM's management. ARM is headquartered in Cambridge in southeastern Britain. The unit has been called the country's crown jewel, having been created through a collaboration between British industry and academia. Since its founding in 1990, it has developed integrated circuit design data, the blueprint for semiconductors. Chipmakers base their products on these blueprints. 
ARM's power-sipping designs have given it a global market share of more than 90% for chips used in smartphones, where battery life is at a premium. ARM's sales reached $2.8 billion in fiscal 2022, up 70% versus fiscal 2016, when SBG acquired the startup. More than 250 billion chips using its designs have been shipped in all. SoftBank Group Chairman and CEO Masayoshi Son told shareholders at his company's annual general meeting in June that he expected that number to, quote, reach one trillion, end quote. We've been talking about AI flooding the web and the world with AI content and the problems that might mean for, well, everyone, but also what it might mean for training future LLMs. If you get that recursive training AI on AI problem, well, two stories kind of on that, on finding fresh training data. OpenAI has detailed GPT-Bot, which the company says it is currently using to crawl the web for fresh data to improve its AI models, and how site admins can opt out using robots.txt, quoting Search Engine Journal. Recognizable by the following user agent token and the entire user agent string, this system scours the web for data that can enhance AI technology's accuracy, capabilities, and safety. You'll have to click through the piece to get the uh, user agent token. Reportedly, this should filter out any paywall-restricted sources, sources that violate OpenAI's policies, or sources that gather personally identifiable information. The utilization of GPT-Bot can potentially provide a significant boost to AI models. By allowing it to access your site, you contribute to this data pool, thereby improving the overall AI ecosystem. However, it's not a one-size-fits-all scenario. OpenAI has given web admins the power to choose whether or not to grant GPT-Bot access to their websites. If website owners wish to restrict GPT-Bot from their site, they can modify their robot's text file. Regarding the technical operations of GPT-Bot, any calls made to websites originate from IP address ranges documented on OpenAI's website. This detail provides added transparency and clarity to web admins about the traffic source on their sites. OpenAI's latest news has sparked a debate on hacker news around the ethics and legality of using scraped web data to train proprietary AI systems. GPT-Bot identifies itself so web admins can block via robots.txt, but some argue there's no benefit to allowing it unlike search engine crawlers that drive traffic. A significant concern is copyrighted content being used without attribution. ChatGPT does not currently cite sources. There are also questions about how GPT-Bot handles licensed images, videos, music, and other media found on websites. If that media ends up in model training, it could constitute copyright infringement. Some experts think crawler-generated data could degrade models if AI-written content gets fed back into training. Conversely, some believe OpenAI has the right to use public web data freely, likening it to a person learning from online content. However, others argue that OpenAI should share profits if it monetizes web data for commercial gain, end quote. And hey, if you do a Zoom, you might soon be helping them train their AI. Zoom has updated its terms to let the company train its AI models using some customer data, but does not plan to use audio, video, or chat content without consent. Quoting CNBC, the service-generated data that Zoom can now use to train its AI includes customer information on product usage, telemetry, and diagnostic data, and similar content or data collected by the company. It does not provide an opt-out option. This isn't an uncommon data category for companies to use for these purposes, but the new terms are a measured step towards Zoom's own AI ambitions. Customer content such as messages, files, and documents do not seem to be included in this category. In a follow-up blog post, 
Zoom clarified that, quote, for AI, we do not use audio, video, or chat content for training our models without customer consent. The key phrase is, without customer consent. In June, Zoom introduced two new generative AI features, a meeting summary tool and a tool for composing chat messages on a free trial basis for customers who can decide whether or not to use them. But when a user does enable these features, Zoom has them sign a consent form allowing Zoom to train its AI models using their individual customer content, end quote. How do you make a password that's strong enough so no one will guess it and it's impossible for you to forget and do it for a hundred different sites and make it so everyone in your company can do the same without ever needing to reset them? Sounds impossible unless you have one password. More than any other product I've ever told you about, I can vouch 1000% for 1Password. I can't live without it. 1Password makes strong security easy for your people and gives you the visibility you need to take action when you need to. Any device, any time, 1Password lets you securely switch between iPhone, Android, Mac, and PC with convenient features like autofill for quick sign-ins. All you have to remember is the one strong account password that protects everything else. Your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi-Fi password. 1Password's award-winning password manager is trusted by millions of users and over 100,000 businesses from IBM to Slack. It beat out 40 other options to become Wirecutter's top pick for password managers. Right now, my listeners get a free two-week trial at 1Password.com slash ride for your growing business. That's two free weeks at 1Password.com slash ride. Don't let security slow your business down. Go to 1Password.com slash ride. I'm going to a big AI startup demo day here in the city tomorrow, and I will 100% be decked out in Mack Weldon clothing. Why? Well, Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. That's their Airnet underwear. Crazy, comfortable, but elevated sweatpants, the Ace Collection. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads, the Silver Peak Polo. That's my personal fave. And ultra-soft antimicrobial tees for when you need to stay fresh longer. Their Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code RIDE. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code RIDE. Speaking of Zoom, from the everybody back to the office file, Zoom, which obviously was key for helping millions of people work from home during the pandemic, is now asking its own employees living within 50 miles of an office to work in person at least two days per week. Or as this New York Times headline puts it, even Zoom is making people return to the office. Quote, We believe that a structured hybrid approach, meaning employees that live near an office need to be on site two days a week to interact with their teams, is the most effective for Zoom. A company spokesperson said, We'll continue to leverage the entire Zoom platform to keep our employees and dispersed teams connected and working efficiently. End quote. During a tense meeting last week, about the return to office policy held on Zoom, Eric Yuan, the chief executive, faced a series of questions from employees who expressed frustration about the time and money they'd waste while commuting, according to an employee who was at the meeting but was not authorized to speak publicly about internal company matters. 
In 2020, participants in daily Zoom meetings leaped to over 300 million, from 10 million the year before, as it became the most downloaded free iPhone app of the year. But the company has struggled to maintain its pandemic growth. In February, amid a wave of layoffs across the tech industry, Zoom cut 15% of its staff, or about 1,300 people. The company's workforce has grown more than 275% between July 2019 and October 2022. On an earnings call in May, Mr. Yuan said he was confident in the future of workplace flexibility and the benefits it had brought for his company. I think hybrid work is going to stay, he said. Zoom, like many other tech companies, is still holding on to some flexibility, requiring its employees to come in only on a part-time basis. Hybrid and remote work levels remain far above what they were pre-pandemic. As of July, nearly one-third of the country's full-time workers were in hybrid arrangements, spending some days working from home and some in an office, according to researchers at Stanford." Developer logs are revealing that Apple is indeed testing an M3 Max with a 16-core CPU, a 40-core GPU, and 48 gigabytes of RAM in a new MacBook Pro that Apple is expected to launch in 2024, quoting Bloomberg. The central processing unit includes 12 high-performance cores, which handle demanding tasks like video editing and for efficiency cores for less intensive applications, such as browsing the web. Compared with the -the top-of-the-line version of the current M2 line for laptops, the new chip has four more high-performance CPU cores and at least two additional graphics cores. The MacBook Pro in testing also includes 48 gigabytes of memory. The company is likely testing multiple variations and core count options, of which this version is one. A representative for Cupertino, California-based Apple declined to comment. The M3 chip will mark the first time Apple is shifting to a 3-nanometer production process for Mac chips, which promises to provide better battery life and strong performance gains. Apple will use a similar technology for the A17 processor launching in the iPhone 15 Pro in September. As with earlier Mac chip generations, the company is preparing a range of different M3 models. The base M3 will have the same configuration as the M2, with 8 CPU cores and up to 10 core graphics cores, according to test logs. An M3 Pro chip, meanwhile, will start off at 12 CPU cores and 18 graphics cores. The M3 Max chip is the next level up, and an even higher-end chip, the successor to the M2 Ultra, hasn't shown up yet in test logs. The transition to the M3 chip will likely begin in October, starting with updates to the company's entry-level Macs. Apple has been testing M3-based iMacs, 13-inch MacBook Pros, 13- and 15-inch MacBook Airs, and Mac Minis, all for release within the next 12 months. Updated versions of the 14- and 16-inch MacBook Pro models are likely to come in 2024 with the M3 Pro and M3 Max chips." And finally today, speaking of Apple again, Apple Music has launched Discovery Station, akin to Spotify's algorithmic suggestions available in the Listen Now tab in the Stations for You category, quoting Apple Insider. Finding new music can be a challenge, especially on a service like Apple Music, which hasn't caught up with Spotify's algorithmic suggestions, but a new Discovery Station may help bridge that gap. Apple doesn't add new algorithmic playlists or stations often, So the new personal radio option arrived as a surprise on Monday. The Discovery Station appeared for users sometime early Monday, August 7th, without any official announcement or pop-up. Users browsing the Apple Music app can see the new option under the Listen Now tab in the category Stations for You. Apple Insider found this new playlist thanks to a small change to the personal station that's been around for years. The artwork for the personal station changed from a basic red play button to an animated red arrow pointing to the right. This curious change 
led us to believe something else might have been updated, and that's when we saw the Discovery Station in Stations for You. Its artwork is the inverse of personal stations, with a blue color scheme and an inverted arrow animating inwards. We can only guess how it functions based on the personal station without any documentation or explanation of this new station. The Apple Music personal station appears after asking Siri to play music that I like and is an algorithmically built station based on play history, likes, and other factors in the Apple Music algorithm. As its name implies, the Discovery Station appears to be an algorithmically generated station built to play music the user hasn't heard but may like. So it functions like the new music mix playlist but can play continuously. This kind of continuous listening experience for music discovery built on an algorithm has been missing from Apple Music so far. Users could run stations based on genre, artists, or songs, but those didn't account for the user's taste. It seems that Siri isn't yet aware of this new radio station. At least, we haven't discovered what command is required to get it to play." End quote. Reminder that if folks want more information about the Ride Home AI Fund, Chris and I will be happy to talk to you, jump on the phone, jump on a Zoom, email you a deck, give you more details, etc. Hit me up at brian at ridehomefund.com to chat. Talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.